Passionate DJ Podcast, where it's all about becoming a better DJ through passion and purpose. And now, your host, David Michael. Welcome, everybody, to the Passionate DJ Podcast. I'm your host, David Michael. To my right, Mr. Tony DeSero. Yep. To his right, Mr. Trip Turlington. Yo! And to his right, Mr. Mo D. Cool Mo D. What up? How you doing, guys? <laughs> good, 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 good. I'm ready to talk about some big, fancy, balling <laughs> DJ bedroom setups. All right. So we just did the, you know, a few episodes ago, we had the baller on a budget episode, and we were talking about how much we could kind of put together with a very limited budget. If we only had, you know, a few hundred dollars, how do we put something together that we would feel comfortable enough playing DJ on, right? Sure. And so somewhere along the line, one of us said, well, why don't we just do the opposite of that? And let's just have like a $10,000 budget. And ball ball out of control. Ball <laughs> out. So that's what we're doing. So each of us have put together a uh, not so short list, a, a wish list of what we would do if we just had a 10K budget that we could spend on nothing else but a sweet bedroom DJ setup. Uh, before we get too far down that path, though, uh, we have some comment or we have a voicemail from DJ Serato. So let's give that a listen. What's up, you guys? DJ Serato here from Phoenix, Arizona. I left a message earlier today. Um, I don't expect you guys to address it uh, in your show, but I really do respect that you guys really take these um, uh, comments and messages into consideration um, uh, and putting them on your show, man. It's really cool as heck. Um, DJ Serato, Phoenix, Arizona. I think you guys are the bomb diggity still and really do appreciate how you addressed one of my questions a few months ago. Um, but wanted to throw some more things at you. SpeakPipe, the uh, mobile app that you guys have to leave a voice message on, only gives us like a minute and a half to leave a voice message. So that's why I'm kind of talking fast, really want to get it crammed in. Um, and that's how I left my message before. I wasn't able to give a lot of details because I had to like really keep it within 90 seconds. Um, also, I think it's really cool that you guys are trying to show everyone that it's cool to help each other out in the DJ community. A lot of DJs... In the community, especially younger ones, man, take a really long time until they realize it's best to just help each other out and how that, that shit just comes right back to you, man, you know, in a positive way when you do it in a meaningful manner without expecting anything in return, man. And it just feels good. So I think it's cool that you guys are pushing that um, the way you guys do. And um, if there's any way I can help, rather than just a like and a description on your um, iTunes page, let me know what's up. I'll help you out if it's within my capacity to do so. But let me jump into what my question is. Um, I'm trying to expand. Um, ever since I took you guys' advice, um, it's really helped my DJ business um, provide a higher quality of service. So I'm looking to expand uh, because I've been picking up in business uh, since then. And I want to get other DJs, you know, to, to DJ, I wouldn't say under me, but just, you know, with the same umbrella um, that I have. <clears throat> as my company name I want to like start providing them with some equipment you know and then paying them like a good 60% of whatever the event pays uh, and we're talking about mobile DJing here um, but and I'll be very transparent with them you know with how much I'm getting paid for each gig and how much they're getting from it but I need help with like coming up with contracts and stuff like that for these type of agreements. Um, any any help would be great. Take care, guys. 
so that awesome first of all like just hearing all the uh the how helpful the show has been for you um and we just really appreciate all the uh the kudos there and, yeah, and for sure. it's nice to hear that you know once again our message is resonating with somebody and that it's actually been helpful yeah. you know for you um well, and especially for uh, a mobile dj because you know for while while we strive to be relevant to all types of djs you know three out of four of us in this room have, you know, primarily been in the right. club rave warehouse space. Uh, whereas Mo is the more mobile DJ, but he's actually starting to come into that club and, and warehouse fold as well. So like, you know, because we don't focus on those issues all the time, it really is good to hear that we're, we're actually having a positive impact for people in that space. Yeah. We're providing value to, all DJs. Right. Yeah, that's absolutely. Right. That's the, the whole goal is we want to bring every, every kind of DJ together and see what, you know, there's, there's something that everybody has to bring to the table there. That's right. Regardless of what kind of crowd you play to. There's, there's a lot that I've learned from playing the types of gigs that I'm not used to, too. Yep. Um, as for the, the speak pipe thing, I hear you. Um, it is a pretty short message. That's kind of intentional because, uh, we don't want people to, you know, ramble on for 10 minutes or anything, but, um, and also that gets expensive, <laughs> but, um, we I, are currently a nonprofit organization. That is true. <laughs> we would like to change that someday with your help. Yes. Um, <clears throat> but as far as, uh, if you want to leave a, a longer message, we will definitely take them. If you have some way to send them to us, we've kind of eyeballed some other solutions other than speak pipe. And if you guys have any suggestions, we're open to them. So in the meantime, if, if you had like David just kind of alluded to, if you have a way of, uh, recording something longer, uh, then, you know, we can always utilize a drive or a Dropbox solution and, yeah. and we can give you a place to dump those. But that's the one benefit this show has over maybe some other podcasts is that we are inherently a, an audience of people who like to mess with audio. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> at least some of us have, just go you know, and say it. We're tech geeks, man. Yeah. It's all right. <laughs> at least some right. of us have we some have way to, to do that. that. So, yeah. Um, now as far as the, um, so you're trying to build a, a team of DJs and build a business around this, this, this mobile DJing concept. I think that's super cool, and that's probably exactly how I would do it um, right. if I were getting into a, a situation where I had to build a team to handle all these gigs. Yep. Um, it sounds like you're, you've got the right idea. Um, as far as contracts and, and stuff like that go, um, I, I have to give the standard disclaimer of none of us in this room uh, recording this show are lawyers, and we highly recommend that you talk to a lawyer before setting up any kind of uh, contract situation because uh, we'll, we'll get ourselves and you in trouble if we give any bad legal advice. That's right. Um, you should have one for sure, and the one thing that I would kind of stick in there as a, as a bit of advice is – Make sure that you're hiring people who are going to reflect the, uh, who share the same kind of business values and are, are going to understand what the gigs are and what's expected of them. So I wouldn't hire a bunch of like brand new, fresh DJs who just tried it for the first time and because this is a business. Right. And so we're, you know, we're not just, we're not playing around in our, you know, bedroom setup here. We're talking about your bread and butter. Right, so right. Uh, make sure you've got people you can trust to handle the money mm. and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you guys have any advice for building a DJ team? A little bit. Um, <clears throat> and so I've known a couple of people who have done this. 
Um, so one, one of the ways that you can circumvent any question about money is that you as the owner, uh, if you are negotiating with your clients ahead of time, you're the one handling the deposits, you collect the money, you know, tell them, you know, I'm going to send, you know, my employee and they will, you know, perform the service. So after that, that service is, is done, then, you know, we'll settle up after the fact for anything that wasn't is above and beyond the deposit. Um, that way your employee never has to see it. No, they don't ever have to handle it. You don't have to worry about that being a trust issue. As far as full disclaimer as to, you know, what you're making versus what you're giving the DJ, I don't think that's really necessary, you know, in an open, you know, free market capitalist society that we're in, you know, whatever somebody's willing to work for, then that's what they should agree to. So as far as I'm concerned, if you're, you know, booking things for a $500 gig and you only want to give up a hundred of those dollars to somebody who's willing to work for a hundred dollars, well then, you know, by all means go for it. Um, you know, but, you know, of course, you know, the, the more that you pay somebody, you know, the, the little bit more loyalty and the better product you you're going to get, you, get, you know, exactly. exactly. You get yes. what you pay Agreed. for. So, um, but as far as like any kind of full disclosure, I don't know that that's actually necessary at, at, at this stage in the game, unless you want to bring people a little more into the fold, you know, not, not quite business owners, but, you know, give them a stake. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, uh, outside of that, like the people that I know that have done this, they've never really mentioned contracts. Um, but I know that it, like the radio stations, uh, like um, a buddy of mine does do some of those like uh, mobile DJ gigs for a radio station. Live remotes. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, no, he does like the, the corporate events and the uh, weddings okay. and stuff like that. You know, like somebody will call uh, in Cincinnati. I think it's Q102, um, KISS 107, those types of, you know, the clear channel, you know, yeah. pop. Uh, so he has a contract. I didn't see it, but you know, there's a contract that says, you know, this is going to be my availability. And when I do a gig, these are the parameters under which I work. So there's attire, there's, you know, code of conduct. There's all of those types of things that are kind of included in that set up and tear down. And, you know, all, mm. all of that is kind of included, uh, so that when he goes to a gig, he knows exactly what to do, what time to be there, how long he has to be there and what types of things to play. And but you the know, radio station handles all that. Right, right. Yeah. Cool. Radio station handles all of that. And then they just give him, you know, here's, here's the next gig. He knows his terms of service. He shows up. And, exactly. And so like David said, though, none of us are, you know, lawyers. I've, I've never actually seen that contract. I've never done any of that type of work. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I fully stand by the, uh, definitely go talk to an attorney. And big up to Phoenix because I've got people out there in Arizona. Shout out to uh, Collective Intelligence yeah, for sure. Nice. So. Six two three. <laughs> I think the only reason I I mentioned the uh, the make sure you know who you're putting behind the decks at other people's gigs. Uh, you know if if we have say uh, you know we bring up our our local show EDM Tuesday here all the time mm-hmm. and it's kind of an open door like show us what you've got right type of show if the whole idea is to get beginners up there all the time, you know. And if a beginner gets up there and doesn't do so well, it's it's not a big deal. If you book somebody to play somebody's wedding and they screw it up, that's <laughs> that's a bad day for everyone. That's a bad right? day for everybody. So for sure. just make for sure. sure. And then that's going to harm your business. And that's the kind of stuff that goes on it's Yelp a, and all that kind of stuff. Right. And people look up when they're looking for wedding DJs, for yep. example. And so. that's something, Dave, that you always refer to. That's part of your brand. Yes. You know, you, yeah. You've just tarnished your brand. So 
when hiring these other individuals, keep that in mind. You know, what are you willing to sacrifice or, or happen yeah. as a repercussion of you just hiring someone sight unseen? And and not to scare you out of it, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I, well, I um, mean, that's the only way there's going to be growth. You know, yeah. I mean, he, he, he mentioned that he wants to grow his business. He wants to grow his brand. He wants to expand, you know, so there's only so much capacity that one DJ can take on. So there, if there's going to be growth, he's going to have to expand. He's going to have to open that up and you can't micromanage those people. Like you, you're going to have to put some level of trust in people that are worth that level of trust. Take, Take it from me as somebody who has built a team for this show this year, that it makes, uh, it makes things a lot easier when you can have people who will, go forth and do things and you can trust them to do them and and not screw you over and just have the the kind of relationship that we have in this room to right. where we can all we're all kind of on the same page and I don't know if that's the situation that that you're in DJ Serato with you know do you have a group of homies that you're ready to do this with right. or are you going to start hiring right you know that's right. going to make a huge difference and not that either one of those can't work or or not but just know going in that um, if you have people that you can trust in your corner, then you can kind of sleep easier knowing that these people are handling your sound equipment right. and representing the yeah. face of your business and right. that kind right. of stuff. And definitely don't pay 60% of your gig to anybody. Um, I would take a lot of that money actually and put it towards another setup. Right. You know, you start with one, start, start with, yeah. start with one DJ, take that money, the extra money over, buy you another rig and then just start adding more DJs and more rigs. And then by the time your business is said and done, if that ever happens, you know, that equipment made its money back. And mm-hmm. by the time you're done, you can sell that equipment yep. if you don't need it anymore and recoup some of your money. And especially right. if you're, you're putting, not only are you putting your own hardware at risk, but you're, if you're the one going, setting up and tearing down, factor that in to, to the time that you're spending that in time the, is money. In the yeah, compensation. Right. Yeah, time is money. Right. Um, um, so don't forget that because yeah. that, that will take up a huge chunk yeah. of time if you've got a couple gigs a week. Yeah, don't forget to pay yourself. Yeah, and make sure um, that you also uh, talk to an, uh, an attorney that specifically deals with tax um, because all of your hardware, all of the gear, uh, all of that stuff then becomes tax deductible once you – and I'm also assuming that this is, has not already been an incorporated business or, or – whatever, but, um, everything that you put into your business, as far as, uh, your hardware and all of that becomes a tax deductible, uh, item. So you can take it all in one year if you want, like I did, or you can spread it out and and get, and, and take the depreciated value as, as a tax deduction. And also if you're going to be hiring people, um, you know, 1099 would most likely be the The best way to go, the best way to go, because then you're not dealing with having to pay other people's taxes in and offer health care and things right, like that. Right. So, um, but end of the day, all all things said, I, I I would definitely make sure you talk to uh, an attorney to uh, clarify anything. And, and along with that, also talk to an accountant because that they'll be right. able to clear up a lot of those mm. things. Trip just talked about. Um, yeah. When I'm did actually, I say a tax attorney, I meant yeah, account, yeah, and yeah. I'm actually yeah. going through all this. I'll be going through it for the first time this. Uh, this upcoming tax season, so maybe something we can talk about in the future. There you go. For especially because um, I there's lot, not a lot of resources out there for uh, DJs trying to create a business. Right. So right. Um, yeah, maybe something to talk about in the future. If you don't have one, I have a CPA I can refer you to locally. Is as it well. you? No, it is not me. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> 
Um, nice. But thanks for the call, man. We really appreciate yeah, it. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. We appreciate the kind words. Yeah. And if uh, if you see any flyers out there for uh, for a collective intelligence event, um, make sure you go. Tell Walt I said hi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and keep sending in those voicemails, folks. We love getting voicemails. That's our, our favorite way to interact with you guys. So yep. keep them coming. Agreed. All right. The fun stuff. Let's get on to creating big baller setups. Ball out. <laughs> Ball out. <laughs> Ball out. Yeah. So uh, let's see. Uh, Tripp, you want to explain maybe the parameters? You remember what we decided on for what our limits were? I think we had a 10K cap. Yeah, I think we, I think we agreed on 10,000. Um, I think we left it pretty, pretty fuzzy. Pre- yeah, pretty. I, I don't think we, because we were trying to ball out, I don't think we put as many tight parameters right. as we did with the uh, balling on a budget. We did include uh, sound, though. Yeah, so yes, yeah. So this 10K was uh, the, the 10K cap, uh, DJ gear, sound. Uh, I think we did assume that if you've got 10000 to blow on DJ equipment and sound that uh, you probably have a laptop or a computer that uh, you can go ahead and integrate into the system. But I, th- I think we have one exception there, but it, it's an yeah. exception that makes sense, so I think it's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So outside of that, I think it was pretty pretty wide open. 10 k let's go. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, set us off, Trip. What do you got? Kind of in the same vein as the balling out of control, I, I stuck with a, a mostly vinyl setup. I, I kind of went a, a route uh, staying true to Serato because, uh, you know, as much as I've I've been playing with and liking record box, I'm still primarily Serato. So um, so that that was a, a parameter that I wanted to play with. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm a techniques guy, you know, and there's yeah. all these turntables out now that the, the patent had ran out and all of that. And I, and looking at the. The what are the the SAEs and or, or the GAEs? What, yeah, what, GAEs. Yeah, and, the GAEs and uh, you know I just you know if I buy two of those and there's my budget. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even plated with gold. <laughs> right, no, <right>. gold. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to back it up uh, just a little bit from there. Um, but one of the uh, things that I've loved about um, techniques. Uh, in recent years was uh, the M5Gs, the 1210 M5Gs. Okay, so explain to us the specific um, characteristics of why you like that. That So that particular model has the push-button quartz lock, right? Right, and it's and got no, the... No center detent? Yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> right? no, so no, it, no center right. click. Um, the pitch control is digital. Plus or minus eight uh, uh, or sixteen on the pitch control, so you can you get a little bit wider uh, range on that. Right, and uh, if I can just interject real quick, so just because uh, not everybody in our audience is real turntable familiar, uh, true, um, true. The, so what he's talking about is the pitch control, which is just how fast or slow the record's playing uh, on a typical Techniques uh, twelve hundred or twelve ten is a plus or eight, plus or minus eight <laughs> percent right speed. Well, in this particular model, you can switch that to a 16% range instead of 8. So you can go a lot faster or a lot slower than, right. than the base models. And yeah. then uh, and on my set of techs at home, um, rather than have a push button, which is quartz lock, which is basically locks it into perfect time, essentially, right. um, 0%. Uh, mine at home has a click in the middle of that pitch fader where I stop it in the middle and a light comes on, you know that it's 
locked in, whereas the model that Trip's talking about has a button to do that, and the the pitch control is just completely smooth through the whole range. Through the whole range, right. Sorry, go ahead. Um, So, and as a callback to turntable maintenance, one of the uh, mods that you can actually do with the Mark II models is you can actually get the uh, pitch fader out of an M3D and swap it into a Mark II and, and essentially get that, but you lo- you still don't have the um, the push button quartz locking, so you have mm-hmm. to rely on the LED light to light up to know that you're yeah. <laughs> that you're in perfect time there. Um, there, but what uh, one of the things that I just love about that model too is that they're just sexy. I mean, it, <laughs> it's a it's a black metallic flake finish oh, wow. and all blue LEDs. So like it's just it's just a really sexy model. I just love <laughs> you know they. I've only played on a couple of them because you know those things ran you know are running two thousand dollars a pop now, and that's with them being out of uh, out of uh, out of production out of production. Yeah. So um, when they were in production, if I remember right, those things hit the market at like twenty five hundred a pop. You know mm-hmm. nobody really runs out and just drops five grand on a set of turntables. But, but the ones that were out, they were gone as soon as they showed the yeah, showed up, right? I, I don't, I, I've only seen maybe two sets of them ever. Yeah. So I know they're out there, but yeah. It's like a... <laughs> Um, and just so you know, I've got a running total going now, so you, you're already up, to, <laughs> already up to four grand right off the bat. No doubt. Um, and turntables will only sound as good as the needles that you put on them. Uh, for me, I've always been an Ortofon fan, uh, so uh, I went with the Nightclub Mark IIs. Um, those are right now Ortofon's top of the line. They're the loudest output, uh, cleanest output. Um, there's other models that are, you know, perfectly good. I, I don't even have a set of nightclubs myself. You know, yeah. I, I stick with the pro S's That's myself, what I've got. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, the nightclubs are, are, are fantastic. I've played on them a bunch of times and, uh, uh, really solid needles. Why are the needles so important when it comes to all this? Mostly it's output and, uh, and the distortion. So like if, if you put on a, a, a cheaper budget brand, if it's not, if it doesn't have the output, then uh, like you'll have issues where you have to go in and calibrate Serato or tractor or whatever because it's not picking up enough of a signal because it's not loud enough. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, most I needles, run into that all the time with the Pro S's. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, um, and Serato actually uh, started putting out different versions of their uh, control software on, or, or control vinyl. I don't know if Tractor mm. did or not. But uh, to make the signal louder to, accom- to accommodate, accommodate the needles. Yeah, yep, yep. yeah, I don't think that Native Instruments does. I think they just have one set of control vinyl. Yeah, it just, they, they come out with, you know, a, a V2, V3, yeah. V4. I don't know what they're up to now. Right. But. And then, so those are $300 for a pair? Yep, yep, right? yep, yep. Okay, so you're up to 43 Yep. So uh, when I came to the mixer, um, you know, like I said, I wanted to keep a, a Serato-based um uh, set up going. So, uh, you know, the, the pioneer fanboy in me <laughs> <laughs> was going, get the Nexus two, get the Nexus two. And I was like, no, no, shut up fanboy. <laughs> uh, so I, 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 I made a deal with the fanboy in me and I said, I was going to go with the DJM 900 SRT, which is mm. basically the Nexus, the 900 Nexus with a Serato interface in it. Um, so then that sets me back 1500. Um, 
at current prices. I'm sure it was a lot more when it first came out, yeah. but you know, we've had the Nexus and the Nexus two come out. So I was able to find a couple of them out there, you know, a couple of sites that were going at for 15, a couple of them around 1600, something like that. Uh, for a set of headphones. Um, I know that there's better ones out there, but again, pioneer fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it's actually the set of headphones that I've been eyeballing and and keeping Mm. in like, you know, my wish list on Musician's Friend for a while. Mm. (laughs) Uh, Just in case. uh, Right, exactly. (laughs) Just, you know, just in case I get the itch again. (laughs) um, The Pioneer HDJ 2000 Mark IIs. Um, I was going back and forth between those and, um, I forget the model number, but the techniques had a model that was really close to these pioneers. Um, but all of a sudden the pioneer, the technique ones, um, started to like kind of drop off and you weren't seeing them as much. So I don't know if those just got discontinued or, or if they, you know, they've just fallen out of favor or whatever. But, um, and when you do a comparison, the, the, um, the specs on the pioneer ones are actually a little bit louder, a little bit better and a little less distortion. Um, but they require more power. So, you know, as long as, you know, whatever you're plugging into, you know, has the phantom power to, mm. to crank them up then sure, go for it. And that'll set you back. How much for those uh, games? 350. 350. 350. Okay. <laughs> so we're, we are balling out. So yes. it's, yes. we're up to 6150 with the two techs, the two nightclub, uh, Mark two needles, the 900 SRT mixer and the HDJ 2000 Mark two, Headphones. So we're up to sixty-one fifty. So yep. we got uh, we got some more yeah. thousands to go. What are you gonna do with them? <laughs> so here's here was an optional one that I I put it down, but I don't know that it's actually needed if we're only talking about a bedroom setup. Because if okay. this is the setup that I'm gonna use in my bedroom and nowhere else, well then this is probably not even necessary because I went with the nine hundred SRT. But Serato has a DJ club kit uh, and. Um, Tony and I actually ran into this for one of uh, three dimensional shows because he brought the 900 Nexus and I plug into it and Serato recognizes it. It sees it and then it's, but it won't actually do anything with mm-hmm. it. And then I researched it after the fact, you know, we, the show must go on. We, we hooked it up the way, uh, you know, that we had originally planned, you know, and I did HID mode and, you know, on a USB hub and, um, you know, so we, we got through that, but I researched it after the fact, and I need an expansion pack in order to make that work with the 900 Nexus. So I, I wanted to ask you about that when you first brought up the SRT, because I'm trying to right. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what what's the purpose of buying the SRT then, if you can buy the club kit. Well, see, that was the, that, yeah, that was it. That, that I was just kind of going I guess anybody back. else who has Serato could come and plug in, oops, plug in without the the club kit right they could right. use your mixer if they have serato and it'll just work right maybe, and because maybe it's pioneer that. if they have record box they could do that too mm. everything about it is the same as the nexus except for it has a, a dedicated uh serato because what, in there as what well. worries me about it like if i were to get that mixer i would have a problem as a tractor user whereas the right. standard nexus works fine with with tractor scratch is that the same with the srt i think well you the know? way i read it was that the the nexus uh, the the SRT is the Nexus with a dedicated uh, Serato mixer in it. So I think 
And if anybody who that has the SRT can speak to it, or maybe I can do a little bit more research on that because I wasn't thinking about a tractor user when I was looking at the stuff. Mm, yeah, just leave us out. It's all right, man. It's all right. It's his bedroom. Yeah, it's, it's my room. Um, but, Guess you're not having any basement sessions in your room then. But uh, yeah, so if if a tractor or whatever the Nexus can do, I'm sure that I was yeah. I, I read it as the SRT can do it too, but it just has a dedicated Serato okay. interface so that the Serato user doesn't have to have a club kit. So that's why I was saying, like, I think that the 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 Serato club uh, DJ club kit uh, on my list here is really strictly optional and only really relevant if I want to come to you guys' house. <laughs> well, it's it's 170 bucks, so, so in a, yeah. on a 10K budget, it barely moves the needle anyway. Exactly. So throw it on <laughs> there. Throw it Why on not? There. <laughs> yeah, I'll allow it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, uh, so outside of that, then, you know, I mean, that's, that's a, you know, a, a pretty core setup, two turntables with needles, uh, a mixer, um, you know, a little addition to the software pack. Um, so, uh, outside of that, I just pretty much threw the rest of my budget at a set of, uh, PVs, uh, 12s with, uh, with subs. Uh, you know, I just, honestly, I just, I love PV, you know, sound. So this I, is all powered, I assume. Yeah, right? all powered. You know, I've, so you don't have to connect it to a separate amplifier. Right, anything. right. Yep. Keep it simple. <laughs> Cause if I have to like you know, hook it up and, and like actually add compressors and limiters to keep myself from blowing myself out of a bedroom. Like, I mean, we're talking a 12. That's a, yeah. that's a good day. Yeah. Right. If we're talking about a 12 by 12 or a 10 by 10 room and I'm turning that shit up that loud. <laughs> you said ball out. Yeah. <laughs> right. My wife had, might like have on, a, uh, a, a like on something back to, to say about that. Like on Back to the Future when he's in front of all those amps <laughs> and he blasts himself through the wall. <laughs> exactly. Nice. Exactly. All right. So we've got the two techniques, SL1210 MG5s for two grand a pair. We've got the two Ortofon cartridges. We've got the DJM 900 SRT Serato enabled Pioneer mixer. We've got the HDJ2000 Mark IIs for headphones. We've got the club kit for Serato and we've got two PV active monitors and two PV powered subs that come to 3,800 total for a grand total of 10,120. So if you remove the club kit, you are under budget. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so nice. So I like it. That's cool. Very cool. All right, Tony, I'm interested in seeing what you brought to the table here. Oh boy. Um, well, I didn't really get too interesting. Um, I mean, I did in a sense, but as we talked on the way over here, um, David and I were talking about, he said, you know, I wanted to go out of what I'm already playing with. I wanted to be a little more interesting. I didn't, I kind of stayed with my actual setup as is. Um, but I added a little more to it, which I already play on, on, um, CDJ 2000. So I got the 2000 Nexuses, which are $1,400 a piece. I wasn't really worried about the Nexus twos. I didn't need all the extra bells and whistles that it sure. comes with. It's, it's whatever. Um, but I also play with X1 controller. Well, I use one right now for my effects and my some of my engaging and disengaging and looping. Um, I, I added two of those to this. That way, if I felt like getting into the four deck uh, loops, you know, I could use my sync and not even worry about the actual 
CDJs and the pitch control and things like that. Yeah. Um, but when Pioneer did come out with um, being compatible with Tractor and me wanting to get back to the physical part of playing, that's why I stuck with the CDJs. Um, so just to interject real quick, uh, so you're obviously building a, a Tractor-oriented setup yes, here. So. Yes, I'm, I'm Native Instruments. I have been since 2004. Yeah. Um, I did buy Serato in 2000, 2005, I bought it. And it really wasn't a fan of it um, just because, and, and when I tell you another part of my setup, um, I'll explain why, which is a Technique 1200. Mm-hmm. And I'll just go ahead and throw it out there. Um, just one Technique 1200. It doesn't have to be Mark II. doesn't have to be anything. And it's because I like to scratch. And when I scratch, I don't like using digital. I've never gotten used to that Split second delay, micro. micro yeah, you're talking scratching with time code. Yeah, yeah. 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 I like scratching with an, an actual record, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't really need all the bells and whistles with that either. With that, with the turntable, um, I'm not going to use it to mix. Right. So uh, just before we get too far, so you you've got the two CDJs and then the X ones. So the mm-hmm. the control X ones are. Uh, what I call decks and effects controllers. Mm-hmm. So they they allow you to do your browsing around of tracks, loading tracks, um, and add and uh, manipulate any of Tractor's internal effects and all that stuff just maps directly. And you can control loops and so any of your your basic transport controls, play, pause, mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff is right there, so that you don't have to touch your laptop. Um, some of that functionality is covered by the CDJs, but not all the real Tractory things. Right. So. I, I normally use. To scroll on my tracks is uh, the dial that's on the CDJ itself. Me, me too. Yeah, when I'm playing on, that way on the on the screen. Um, and well, how I, much are a pair of those? Uh, one ninety nine for each X one. Okay. So that's four hundred dollars for both of those. And then you've got a, a. Did you? How much did you budget for the turntable then? Five hundred dollars. Five hundred. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're yeah, going I found to use several. Of the, yeah, I found several of those online. Okay, so you used techniques of some kind mm-hmm. for about five hundred bucks. It's, it, it, at least, at the minimum, a twelve hundred, not a technique yeah, of right. any kind. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be clear. So we're up to uh, thirty-seven hundred dollars okay. on your budget. Um, I with that technique, I got um, two short M forty-four-seven, the white label cartridges. Oh, okay. Um, two, obviously, you know, for scratching reasons, you're going to wear through one right away. You always want one as backup. Oh yeah. Um, and how much do those run? Uh, those are free if the, you go in my basement. I've got a whole stack. <laughs> of them. Well, I'll be making a stop after we hit right. after we hit pause on this recording. I yeah. found uh, I found a package of those for two hundred. Okay. For two. For two. Mm-hmm. Okay. Online. Um, and again, I've been using that same head shell and needle for I don't even know how long, but it does me it does me right when I'm scratching. Um, I don't I don't need perfect quality sound right, right. you know it's it's scratching right exactly <laughs> <laughs> you know um and then um for a mixer um i've been using the nexus 900 for three years but I, this time i went with the nexus 2 okay uh, the 900 nexus 2 oh. it has actually two usb ports 
Right, right. So two people that are using laptops, you can both plug Isn't that into the, the greatest mixer. thing. I, I, oh, I've so been you don't care about the... about Serato and all and all of that for the longest time. And and Serato actually came out with it on one of their it's, SL4, right? I'm so glad that's the way uh, things are trending now. I don't know yeah. if it's on the SL4. I I have an SL3, but it came out on this. Mm-hmm. And like the week that I bought this, Levi, mm-hmm. uh, Evil L, came over and <laughs> we started jamming on this thing. He plugged into one side. I plugged into the other. I got two decks on this side. He's got the other two decks, and we're just like bang, cutting bang. up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was it's yeah, the it's, it's great. Yeah, I don't know why more hardware isn't jumping on that. Like, yeah, it I, seems hoping, like that's the new trend though. Yeah. Like a lot yeah. of stuff's doing do, it makes dual USB. It, if, if you, it makes it easier for two reasons. One, if you want to tag with tag. somebody, and, and two, for a, a change out of yeah. changeover. Yep. If you have a transition yeah. using yep. the same mixer, you know, I, I remember. Uh, a couple times where somebody wanted to use the same rig that I was using, the Pioneer. So what I had to do is I put it on, uh, I put it on an echo effect, put it on, uh, I think it was four beat. Yeah. So it would just the echo would go on for however long yeah. it took them to me to unplug my laptop, <laughs> them to plug their laptop right, in. Right. The echo's still going, and and then let them come. Basically, the basically just gives you a four to the floor uh, tra- techno track or something that fades out over a really long, long time. really yeah. long right. time. Yeah, right. it gives you time to unplug and them to plug. You know, so what's it? Um, Nexus two, like like twenty four, twenty two hundred, twenty two. Absolutely. So we're up to six oh nine. And I've always, you know, I I was I was debating of going with just a regular Nexus 900 and then a Rain, just a typical TTM 57 because I mm. like the short throw so, fader right. for scratching. For scratching. Right. Um, but I do decent enough with a Nexus. It's got the curve adjustment, right. you know, for the fader, but it's still, it's not, it, it's not that, it's not as quick. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I stuck with it. I like the, the filters. I like the effects that's on the Nexus 900 and, right. you know. I'm no Qbert. I'm no craze by any means, so I don't, you know, I didn't go too far in. I didn't want to go over budget, so I just stuck with the Nexus 900 too. Cool. Um, let's see for speakers. Um, you guys have heard my monitors. Oh yeah, it shows. I love Yorkville. Uh, I just the 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 frequency that those bass bends get you know when when i sat down here this when we when we sat down this morning i was like wait a minute this is a bedroom setup right <laughs> i had picked out yorkville elite 18s and 15 tops i'm thinking like dude i'm gonna blow my fucking head off i almost did the same room, thing don't feel know? too bad well it depends yeah, how before, big your bedroom is though well right before we like when we first started talking about the concept for this show and before we actually said bedroom i'm sitting here and i'm like thinking Okay, I'm going to email Fu- function, function one. one. Yeah. I'm going to get a function one rig and an iPod and just sit in my room. <laughs> function one and pyro. Done. Duh, I'm out, yo. Yeah. I said I was going to stick to Serato. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I ended up changing those this morning and I found... Um, the Yorkville EXM 400 Mini PA system, which comes with um, uh, a sub and a high top, that's okay. perfect for the room. I already have the ones that I have for my house and that we use out and about. They're they're uh, they're 10 inch subs for the floor and 12 tops. They're you know they're loud. Right. They're powered, um, so we didn't need amps or anything like that. Um, no crossovers. No. 
compressors no and compressors and nothing. Yeah. And I love Yorkville sound, especially their low end. I'm in love with their low end. Well, and speaking from the portability aspect, I helped you break them down for that one show, and those mm -hmm. things were like super easy to carry around. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they really took that into consideration when they built that setup. I use them for my wedding. Yeah. yeah. Now that yep. I think about yep. it, yeah, they were easy to move around. And they're just quarter inch to quarter inch, quarter inch to quarter inch, and right to your mixer. You yep. know, they're they're perfect. Um, actually, I, I got I got a steel. When I when I got those, um, that's a don't tell the story. Day. It soul when you told me that story. <laughs> I won't. But that was my. Uh, I had played a lot of shows with Yorkville subs in the shows, but I had never had my own. And when I got those those uh, those speakers, when I actually when I bought that whole setup, I fell in love with the monitoring system. It was just it was perfect. It's perfect for my house. It's perfect for a small club set up for monitors, you know, you have the low end and the high end. Mm -hmm. You um, know, you you brought up those those powered Yorkville 18s mm -hmm. and you you had some of those or had access to some of those for a while. No, I still have them. You still have them? Mm -hmm. Okay. And for some reason those ended up at my house for for a month or two. I don't I don't remember why, but we we stored them there for some after a show or something. And so I was like, I'm looking at Tony like, eh, eh. he's like, yeah, it's fine. So I went ahead and hooked one of them up. And I mean, just in my garage there and just one of those things, it was I, stupid. I mean, it was like, oh, yeah. like my neighbors it. are going to kill me if I turn this up at all. When we do our show, when we did our first Fridays and our shows at Therapy Cafe, they had two smaller QSC 18s. And when I put my Yorkvilles in there, the manager, Nathaniel, he, we couldn't turn them past two. No way. No way. Because there's lofts that are up above. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, you were, getting, you were getting complaints from the lofts eight, like eight two. Floors above, eight, eight floors really above. Eight floors above. Really? That high up? Shaking the Shaking building. bottles off yeah, of the counters and stuff. Shaking pictures yeah. off of people's walls yeah, they, and stuff. They do some work. Yeah. No doubt. And I got mad and was like, what? what? Why can't we turn these up? And he took me upstairs to the people's apartments when we were doing sound checks. And oh right. Like, mm -hmm. oh, and you were man. like, oh, yeah. sorry. So long story short, I decided not to go with those for a bedroom setup. <laughs> <laughs> but the setup you it's did. It's either that or Kate doesn't get to put any pictures up. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> so the the Yorkville setup you did go with, what was the the total on that? Um they're one thousand forty nine dollars each. Oh, each, okay. And that's with that's with the sub and the high top. Cool. Combined. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So that that price is for a a, a pair, but yeah, each side. combine the sub. Cool. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yep. Um, for headphones, um, growing up as a DJ, I I've used Pioneer, I've used Techniques, I've used um, Allen and Heath, I've used Sony, um, and you know I'm 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 pretty good with all of my stuff. I take care of my stuff, but there's always been something with each pair either one headphone has fallen off right you know just over the course of probably you know 16 17 years whatever it's been this is probably my fifth maybe sixth pair of sony mdr v700s mm -hmm. and um and it's the same thing that always happens to them it's this uh, i know that nobody can see it but where the swivel cup actually comes in yep. to the base it's this like little like housing that goes around that and those always split split and i mean the 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 headphones themselves still work i mean the 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 leather or whatever on the cup you know kind of flakes off but um that was always the reason that i went out and bought new ones and <clears> this one this pair finally happened the, i've probably had these 
seven or eight years, and it's finally happened with these two, where that thing cracked, and then I went to go look for them, and they don't make they don't them make anymore. anymore. <laughs> no, I got the Sony, models. Sony came out with another version the of the brown those. ones. No, they're still silver, or maybe they were black or something okay. like that. But it's like the, but it's a revamped model. Mm. So instead of like the two hundred bucks that they usually are, they're like six hundred dollars. I'm Ew. like, eh, no, no. no. Right. <laughs> they sound good, but they ain't that good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I, gonna spend six hundred dollars on headphones. I have yeah. a confession. I've always hated those. Really? Those headphones. Really? Yeah. I like they're they're probably what the closest we have to an industry standard DJ right, headphones. Right. Well, I've always yeah. hated them. Right. I don't like I think it's just the way they sit on my head is not right. Really? And they like squish my ears and they're uncomfortable. They're not comfortable. Yeah, yeah they're my my buddy are not comfortable. My buddy Tommy, he comes over and mixes all the time. He might be listening. Um he has a pair of those and they're at my house right now and I they sit in a box. I just can't <laughs> stand <laughs> nice, them. It's nice. Yeah. I'm in the minority there. I acknowledge yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, I, like I, I said, I've, I, that's probably the fifth pair that I've had. Uh, most people sing their phrases all day long. I did the Allen and Heaths, which are pretty comparable Com- to yeah, those. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, over time, those those padding, the padding wore down, the sound, eh, the sound quality is just mediocre to me. Yeah. So um, a few years ago, we did the Control Tour. With Richie mm. Houghton, uh, Geyser, and all those guys, and Sennheiser was a sponsor, mm. uh, and they brought in yeah. a display of a bunch of headphones, and I, you know, I went and I tried them all on and listened to them, and they were comfortable, and just the sound quality was was great. I like hearing that real low end yep. within the headphones. Sennheiser makes a, a quality product, that's for yes, sure. Yes, they do. Well, so I went with. I mean, the across HD. this audio spectrum yeah, too, yeah. like microphones. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they make good. All good of their gear. stuff is, seems to be pretty good. I went with the. Um, the HD 25 plus headphones, which were $200, because I didn't want to go. Okay. I'm not going to take a pair of five or $600 studio headphones to exactly. a club and exactly. pack them in a bag and just yep. constantly run them. So um, uh, I went with a pair of those, which were $200. Um, now, uh, what, what else did I get here? The RMX 1000. Oh, okay. Yes, which getting fancy. Which yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> which um, I've I've tinkered with at a guitar center here and there. Um, I've never really sat down and and gotten to it, but watching the tutorial videos and what it does, and and I really like. It. Yeah. So what's the what's the marketing it? sheet on that? Because I'm I'm not hip. What is like? What so, is it? Uh, basically, it's an effects it's an box. F- it's an effects box. It's it's pioneers. Oh, okay. So it's it's kind of like take the the effects that you're used to from from a Nexus and make them like to the extreme and then make it a, a standalone a box standalone, and so yeah. you would run it like a like a send or something a, a send return okay. yeah yeah cool so I think it does some sequencing and stuff like that too a it's got bit. some I don't know much about them but yeah they're they're basically just like all out effects gotcha cool units yep um, and then. Because there's a good possible chance that I take this same rig to clubs with me, because that's what I do with my own, because <laughs> not too many have it, you know. And I, I always figure what you play on in your bedroom, you're going to want to play on stage for the most part. You know, you can get used to everything and, and be able to walk up and play um, as a well-rounded DJ, but... But you're never as comfortable with anything with, other than what you are comfortable with. Your own rig, yeah. right, yeah. right. So I bought uh, four Odyssey road cases. Nice. With the setup as well. Just Good call. For, just for transporting, Transport. you yeah. know, saving the wear and tear. 
which uh, came to five hundred and fifty dollars. How much for, was the RMX? Uh, for those, the RMX one thousand was seven hundred dollars. Okay. And these prices aren't exact. I I just took what I saw online and averaged right. everybody's sure. prices into my own. Yeah. I think I just went straight to Amazon. So yeah, close yes. enough. Um, which came to roughly about ninety three, ninety four hundred dollars with tax, and that left me room for all of my cables. <laughs> Total I got was ninety six forty six. Yeah, okay, ninety six forty six. Yeah, you so, got some room. Yeah, so I have some room to wiggle with with cables because you're definitely going to need if you're. They're usually helpful. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> especially with the the monitors. Um, you're looking at probably you want at least fifty foot just for one side to your mixer, you know, one side of your monitoring system to your mixer, and then you obviously have your left and your right. So um, any RCA cables, any digital cables, any USB cables. Tony's got a big bedroom. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, to put that into perspective, (laughs) the room that we're in right now is 11 by 11. (laughs) I heard that. Yeah. So we'd only need like four feet of cables. No way. I I missed the joke. What would you say? He said, Tony has a big bedroom. I said, that's what she said. Oh. <laughs> he just blew right past him. Right. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this room is 11 by 11. And I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, just to get from here over yep. to here, you know, that's, you know, at least I think I, I bought 20 foot cables because I needed at least 16 feet or something. Cause you got to yep. account for going yeah. from here down and then around. And around. Yeah, and people then always forget the vertical run. And they're roughly yeah. about yeah. what? Two fifty to $3 a foot. Something like that. Yeah. Well, for it depends. Decent, decent cable. <laughs> depends. I got a guy. <laughs> <laughs> he works for cables to go. So uh, uh, yeah, there you go. allegedly, <laughs> right. <laughs> and then there's always me and Mo who live right next door to each other. So yeah. Like, yeah. There's <laughs> been a couple of fence line exchanges of uh, cable. <laughs> there's and, a quarter inch cable. <laughs> Yeah. From this like, room, dude, dude, I gotta leave room. like in ten minutes. I need I some XLRs like right I now. Over the like, XLRs getting here. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, but yeah, oh, as nice. far as my as far as my bedroom setup, I, I I went with what I already know, adding something that I don't know, but I do know something about and would like to learn, which was the RMX. It gives you room to something new to do, but mm-hmm. not completely uh, not completely foreign, water, yeah, and not yeah. completely foreign to me yeah. whatsoever. Um, awesome. I like it. So that's my setup. Cool. Well, I guess I'll go next since I'm next at the round table here. Um, so I, I really focused on the idea that this is a bedroom. And so the, my thought was, this is, this is a place where I want to go and do my music thing for me and, and not so much DJing to an audience. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted a setup that was going to be really comfortable, really precise, surgical for those times that I really just want to, like I'm creating the music as it's happening and I just want to dig into it. You know, if you ever have those times where it long blend everything and I really wanted a space where I could just do that and have my my music therapy in this room, right? The Fortress of Solitude. Yes, yes. yes. So I, um, as you might expect, I went with the Rain Rotary Mixer. Uh, the MP2015. I went back and forth on this. I actually had put the 2014 down first, which is the two-channel version, which is largely the same. The price difference between the two is not that much, and I had plenty of money left over as I was filling it out, so I just went ahead and bumped it up. So the MP2015 is a uh, 
just a beautiful mixer. And if four you, channel, four channel mixer, yeah. and it does have built in sound card and all that kind of stuff. I, it might even have duals. I think it does. Um, but if you're if you've never played on a rotary, it's uh, instead of the line faders where you have like each channel has an up and down fader to move the volume. These are knobs. Um, everything on this, the front of this mixer is a knob, right? And it's like a high end, really solid build. Like it's it, when I say it's beautiful, I mean it's very very simple. It's very clean. Sure, it's sure. it's almost industrial. It's like wood grain sides, but then just like a metal plate and knobs that you would see on a 1950s anything. <laughs> nice. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. But they're big and chunky, and I, I I love it. Yeah. The only thing that's missing is like analog VU meters. I think that would be mm. cool. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always a fan of, even though they're less precise. I love them. But so that comes to twenty three forty nine. So that's a pretty decent uh, investment right off the bat. Um, as a mixer should be. Uh, yes, yes. It is the the focal point after all, or the, yeah, the, the center piece. Yeah, that's where all the work's done. Um, for my my decks, my players, I I gave this some thought. I could have gone CDJs as well, but I was kind of thinking, okay, what what do I really want this this bedroom setup to be with the the whole long blend, very nitpicky kind of long blend mixing I, I need some turntables in this i want a place where i can play my records but also do the digital thing mm-hmm. so i didn't want to just kind of like copy what you had going on and so my thought was i'm going to go three decks okay. so i'm getting three of the pioneer plx 1000s yeah <laughs> so those are uh, three of those come to 2091 dollars <laughs> significantly cheaper right. <laughs> techniques so yeah. I, I figured that yeah. got me really good turntables Absolutely. with good torque that i could mix on I've if i want to experiment with three deck straight vinyl mixing i can right. do that with these turntables and i've heard nothing but good things about those decks yeah. since they've came out like everybody has said I think even Jazzy Jeff said, if you close your eyes, you can't tell the yeah. difference between those and a technique. I mean, yeah. when the, once the patent ran out, everybody had the ability to, to, to copy engineer. that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and I got three of them for that prize. Right. Exactly. So brand new. Yeah. yeah. Um, not that I'm like, you know, super fancy three deck mixy vinyl guy, but um, it, there is actually another method to my madness. We'll come back to that. But three decks. Um, but I still want a pair of Control D2s. So mm. kind of like how Tony had the Control X1s for his setup. This is a tractor modular controller, but it's it's got the screen built in. It supports the remix decks and stems and all that kind of stuff. It's basically if you slide off the uh, slice off the side of an S5 or an S8 okay. controller, you get one D2. So if I slide one of those on either side of that mixer... I've basically I've replaced the mixing section of my Control S8 that S8, I've got at home right. with something super nice and fancy, but I've still got all my tractor functionality that I'm used to on either side. Uh, and the know. visual feedback. And with the, the visual monitors. feedback. Yeah. So if I want to mix digitally, I can look at the screens and not my laptop screen. I can put that off to the side or whatever. Right. Um, and a pair of those come to about a thousand bucks, nine ninety eight. Um, there is one catch to using the, the rain mixer, and that is there is no crossfader. So if I want to play around with scratching, I can't easily do that with this mixer. Wow. So I tossed in, this is a big thing now, these portable faders. Oh. Have you seen yeah. them? So this uh, Raiden has one RXI-F1. It's $129. Mm-hmm. Um, you can you know put your sound source into it, and you can use it to scratch or whatever, which is what I would use it for. Sure. Um, 
not great at it, but I'm learning and I don't want to lose my crossfaders. I'm learning, right? So I figured I'd have to have something. Um, it actually works completely uh, power independent. Like you can recharge it, USB. Mm-hmm. You plug it into your iPhone charger or whatever mm-hmm. and it or Android charger and it'll charge it. And you can use it with a little portable deck if you want or however you want to do it. Huh. Um, I just bought it because it's got a mini innovator in it. So that's why I added it to the list. So it actually would be decent for what I want to use right, it for. Right. Huh. Um, but it does have that little portable aspect to it, which is kind of cool. And that's $129. Um, I'm also an Ortofon fan when it comes to uh, needles, but I went with an S20, S120 twin pack. So this is one of their newer ones that's supposed to be really good sound quality and everything, but low wear. Okay. And so my thought was I'm trying to preserve my own records in my bedroom, my own little intimate setting. So this would be a good, like they're supposed to still sound really good and have good output, but not right. be high wear. Right. But then I've got a third turntable. So I went ahead and went with the, uh, the Q-Bert ah. s- scratch needle for that one. And I'll just keep it on there all the time. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I figured one, of those was, over there. one thing I've always <laughs> thought about is when I... I don't know about bulletproof. So when I scratch in, in bursts, you know, in like little five to 20 minute bursts, I'll go out whenever I'm out in my garage and I'll scratch for a few minutes and practice and then I'll go do whatever I was out there to do. Yeah. Um, but most of the time I'm just like doing my normal vinyl mixing. Sure. Right. So I always thought it would be nice if money wasn't an object, which kind of isn't in this case right. or hypothetical here, right. uh, to have a third turntable that was just always configured and ready for scratching. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's going to do the most wear to whatever wax I put on it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. On that table. You, you've been forewarned. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and keep that one battle style, keep the other ones, you know, right. so I, right. that's why I went with a three deck. So it kind of lets me do whatever I want at any time. Sure. Um, I went a different route with sound. Um, mine's more like studio monitoring. I went with a pair of Focals. Yeah, they're pricey. A pair of Alpha 80s is... Everybody just cringed right now when they said that. They're like, ooh. A pair of Alpha 80s is $1,100. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's just for the... The tops, as it were. Right. You know? And what's, what, what size? What size? Those eights? Eight, eights. Yeah, Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, they, I mean, they should be pretty beefy on their own, but yeah. really flat, really clear. So, if if what I'm kind of what I had in my head is like, what if I were making studio mixes and right. that was my gig? What would right, I want? Right. And so, this is like a professional monitoring kind yeah. of. Yeah. As we were talking before this, like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of regretting. The PV setup that I that I had settled on because, it, you, like you said, you you really honed in on the bedroom aspect of this. So, yeah, it, yeah. Had I, I, I was thinking cozy and, right. and surgical, right. you know, as Rather far as the actual mix. Boom! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In your face, in your face. Right. <laughs> um. But, you know, we are playing dance music. We like to rock out. So I did throw a sub in there. Um, and just based on my experience with your sound rigs, Tony, I went ahead and went with a Yorkville. Uh, it's the NX720S. It's a 15, powered 15. And that goes for $1,078. So with the rain mixer, the three Pioneer tables, the two Control D2s for tractor duty, the portable fader, the three needles, and the focal studio monitors with the Yorkville sub, that comes to about eighty-one fifty-three. So what I'm doing with the remainder of that is putting it all into the room. Ah. 
So whatever the room needs, I, I know that's kind of cheating, but no. I, I felt like it really f- <laughs> it fit the going concept. on for what you're trying to do. Well, right, you know, uh, going sense. back to exactly what I just said, you, uh, when you're focusing on the room, you know, I, I think that was one thing that that at least I don't know about Bo, but at least Tony and I kind of overlooked there was that, you know, if if what you're focusing on is the ultimate bedroom setup for you, then, and, and as you just mentioned, what you wanted to do was get, you know, to a space where it's small, it's intimate, it's cozy, and you can do surgical things. Yeah. And for anybody who doesn't, uh, who's not familiar with room treatments and all of that, like sometimes regardless of whether you're producing or mixing that precision, you know, can make or break a mix or a track. So yeah. Uh, so the room treatment, if you, if you're not familiar with it, maybe that's a, a, an episode we can come back to, uh, in 2017, maybe get, uh, a couple of people who know a little bit more about it. Cause I know enough about enough, (laughs) 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 but you know, uh, enough to spend a lot of money. Right. Exactly. But you know, room treatments and stuff like that, that'd be a really neat episode. But, and and I realized like this, I mean, I'm starting to like dip my toes into producer territory with this room that I'm making here. Sure. 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 A lot of people are probably going like, why do you want to treat a room for, for DJing in? Um, well, it's my ultimate bedroom setup. I mean, you know, that's what I want and I want um, you know, I got to, I, I filled out all this stuff in and I'm like, wow, I have so much budget left over. Sure. I'll add a third turn table. Well, now what? You know, it got to the point where I was like, I'm just adding stuff just for its own sake right. that I don't really care about. I'm like, what would I really care about with this budget? Right. And it would be that making the room awesome and, and not I, only sound treatment, but lighting ooh. and all that, like <laughs> make it, lighting? yeah, make it yeah. the room I want right, to be in. Right. Um, and I would challenge anybody who would question the need to treat a room, even for DJ purposes, because if you've ever played on a set at like a third or a quarter top volume in a treated room, it sounds so clear. Mm-hmm. It sounds so, I, I, I mean, sharp. I mean, it, it just, you don't have all of the, the, the reverb, the reverb and the and the and the collision of sound waves and the boominess of a of a yep. of you know any, it, it's so much easier to hone in on really fine details. And I'm so glad especially if you're putting out a studio mix of some sort, that's exactly what mm-hmm. you want. You know, I'm glad you bring that up too because that that's kind of where I was going with it is like because it is kind of a, a bedroom thing, right? That you know we've got families and other people right. to worry about and right. neighbors and stuff. And so that allows you to not me. My neighbor's sweet. To, to, yeah. My neighbor is awesome. <laughs> okay. Well, with the exception of trip and Mo who happen to live next door, um, that allows you to have kind of a, a pleasant experience while mixing exactly. without having to slam there, it out. Exactly. There's times even with my Yorkvilles in my room that I have set up downstairs, they're loud. They sound great, but there's times where I'm in a mix and I have to bend down a little bit or scoot to the right or scoot to the left because I think that I'm hearing other things, which I am, and it's the reverbs and the mm-hmm. things that I don't want to hear. Right. I want to hear a good, clean, quality mix. Yeah. And, yeah, it's loud, and, yeah, it's it's hitting hard as hell, but the, the, the cleanliness is just not there without the proofing right. of the And, and I think this kind of goes back to one of the episodes mm-hmm. where you talked about, what, Dave, when you had produced a song and it sounded awesome, but then you, like, played it out at a club. And you were mm-hmm. like, oh, oh, whoa. <laughs> you had yeah. to actively EQ everything because yeah. everybody's ears were, were bleeding. There's this old track I made back in the mid-2000s called Through the Looking Glass, and I played it at Pearl. 
yeah. which is a local club here in town. And it the high frequencies were, were piercing. Yeah. And, and I had no idea until I was there. <laughs> <laughs> that was a producer problem. Though. That was, right, that was my right. fault. <laughs> um, uh, one, one quick catch before we move on to most setup is I did not include headphones in mine. So I guess some of that budget could go to headphones too. But I, sure. I knowingly did not include headphones because I really don't know how to... Br- I just I don't know much about headphones as far as like what's good and what's not because it's to me it's all uh, subjective. Sure. So I yeah. I just want to listen to a pair and if I like them they sound good they're loud and they're comfortable I'll buy them. Yep. So I didn't want to recommend. I'm a yeah, pair of headphones. I'm I'm the same way especially like you know when when I'm researching headphones or something like that like it's it's easy to get hung up on specs and it's easy to get you know hung up in you know well what's the trend you know what is everybody using what do you see all the top djs on a stage using and uh what are all of your friends using and all of that stuff and you know at the end of the day exactly like you said it's all subjective so what you really want to do is go to a guitar center or, you know, a, a music store that, that carries those things. And you actually want to put the pair on your head yeah. and listen to them and, and find something that's comfortable, loud, and sounds good yeah. or, or has the ability to be loud. It doesn't, you don't want to blow your eardrums out. Yeah. <laughs> Full disclosure, we've had people contact us before wanting us to promote their headphones and headphones guides and things like that. Right. And I've had to turn them down because I don't know how to, uh, do that in a fair way. You right. know what I mean? Like that's such a hard thing to review that I don't even know where to start. Right. Right. Well, <laughs> it's yeah. just, does it sound good or not? Does it hurt your ears or not? Okay. They're good headphones. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you have enough money. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Maybe I'm not picky enough when it comes to that, but yeah, well, I mean, and when you're talking about DJ headphones, I would almost say that you're probably right. The only thing that I really look for, um, like if I've ever forgotten my headphones, like the biggest thing, for me as a, as a DJ is that they got to be closed ear and they got to fit over the ear mm. because you know, yeah. when I first started out, I had a pair of Sony's that were like, you know, uh, a few models down from the V 700s and they didn't cover my ear all the way. And they would be loud if you're just in a room listening to, but once you get out into a club or a warehouse mm. or a rave or something like that, and you know, you're cranking it all the way up, but like all of the noise from the yeah. room is like clashing with that. And then you just can't hear anything. So and yeah, that isolation. Yeah. Just being able to isolate and, and close all the way around your ear, just about anything will work, you know, and, and everything, you know, beyond that, as far as sound quality, bass response, high end and low distortion, all of that is just kind of a bonus when you're talking about thousands of watts that it's trying to compete with outside of, you know, it's, it's own head shell. So, yeah. All right, Mo, what do you got for us? What do I have for you, boys and girls? Uh, so we got the turntables covered. We got the CDJs covered. So I kind of went with a controller setup. Okay. Um, Again, some people still get shit for using controllers, but it's a part of our culture. And you can take it. Damn right I can take it. (laughs) (laughs) But, but, um, you know, there are some people that say if you're using a controller, you're not a real DJ, but, you know. Hashtag real DJ. Hashtag real DJ. (laughs) But I'd argue, you know, a DJ is a DJ. It's just a matter of, like, the quality of the product that you bring, regardless of what tools you use, because I can name you some not-so-good DJs that use techniques, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So... So here we go. So, um, 
kind of stepping out of my wheelhouse though because i've never used pioneer equipment but i uh, went with the pioneer ddj rzx which, boom yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much yeah there you said you said ball out so so, <laughs> so let's do it um for those of you not familiar with it it's basically one of the higher end uh dj controllers out there it uh, comes in at three thousand dollars right off the bat. Yeah, that's it, that's their newest flagship model. Before it was the SZ and the RZ, and now uh, now that that one's out, and that's their flagship. It does all the same stuff that the RZ does, but then it also adds. It's video. got mon- It's got monitors on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and screens and monitors. It's and- as close as you can get to a full Nexus setup. Plus, it has the screens in in Serato Video. So, mm-hmm. in, in a lot of ways, it's a lot more more capable. Yeah. It has three seven-inch touchscreen monitors, which you can, in the middle monitor, you can actually, that's where you use the video preview and stuff like that. So like Dave just said, you can, along with being able to mix regular music, you can mix videos in it. Some DJs do it, some DJs don't, but you have the capacity to do it without having to buy a bunch of extra equipment and extra gear to make that happen. And the screens are still useful for for DJ stuff. Correct. Too, Um, like music. You can, uh, I think in the in the promo video, you can actually like manipulate some of the uh, effects, the effects parameters, yeah, effects parameters with just by dragging your finger into the different quadrants. So like, you know, if you're dead center, that's like a zero, and then you can go up or down, left or right. Oh, okay. Yeah, if you've like used any chaos pad, like a chaos yeah. pad yeah. or any any kind of X Y controller, or like yeah, uh, yeah. was it Tractor DJ? How they have yes, the iOS. Tractor DJ does the same, same thing. concept. Yep. Um, with those touch screens, can you do uh, library navigation yes. with it all? Just like see, like when that thing first came out, like uh, uh, shout out to Jack, Mister Shifter. But when that thing first dropped, like both me and Jack were both. This is it. This is it. <laughs> this, this is it. it. This yeah. is what we've been waiting for. Yeah. And then we saw that it re- still requires, requires the computer. laptop. So like that's that we both kind of got turned off by that. But in the same vein, with everything that that thing does, it's kind of like the S8. Yep. In that, if you can, you can if you lid. can just shut the lid and set it off to the side, and you don't even have to, you don't have to touch the laptop. Well, then that's still pretty cool. I yeah. didn't realize that it was touchscreen and had library yes. management or, or navigation and all that. Yeah, and it'll show you. I think ver- vertical waveforms, kind of like Serato style, correct? Like four four decks in the middle, mm-hmm. very cool. Vertical scrolling waveforms and mm-hmm. stuff. So yeah. correct. Um, uses record box, right? And uh, but it comes with the software for the uh, DVS and video, and just like Tony and Tripper mentioned earlier, it comes with two dual US or it comes with dual USB ports, so you have that uh, flexibility for one person to, to jam out while the other one's fading out without having to do that echo freeze for you know <laughs> for ninety <laughs> seconds or right. however long. Uh, it is kind of bulky. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting a flight case for that is probably not going to be cheap, but this is my bedroom setup, so I'm probably not going to be lugging it around too much. Um, because it does require a computer, I just went ahead and threw it, you know, threw in a MacBook Pro, the new 2017 with the touch strip on there. Which I did just look at that two days ago. I <laughs> and fell in love with it. Holy I, I haven't moly. had a chance to see one, and, and I actually went to the Apple store yesterday, and I intentionally didn't walk by yeah, because I don't want to see it because I'm gonna try and buy it because I did the one I have right now. I just bought last year. Like it, it's it's like literally like 11 months old. The only thing that I didn't like about it is the touchpad. It being so big, that's where I like to rest my hands when I type. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. But other yeah. than that, like, um, <clears throat> and you know, kind of balled out on that as well. I went with the largest hard drive, solid state hard drive, the the larger of the two sizes, 
Just, I mean, I'm old because. Just, just curious, what, what, what's the price tag on a MacBook like that? Oh, the balled out one. It was three grand. Yeah, yeah. I think. Oh God, I don't how it's much. an IT guy that just makes <laughs> yeah. me cringe. Like but, I can put together all those same specs on a PC for like nine hundred dollars. But I get it. I get yeah. it. I get it. I get it. I mean, but the, you don't have to spend three grand on one. Right, like right, right. this, this one I have that's last year's model. I spent literally half that. Right, and right. it's got all about all the same specs. Right. Um, but you know we're balling out. That's right. Uh, so for sound, I've kind of eyeballed these ever since I was um, overseas, and have kind of wanted to get some. But now I have a reason since we got this nasty budget. Oh, I'm sorry, the MacBooks was three grand and the. DDJ was three grand, so we're up to six. Um, but as far as sound, I went with two QSC K15 or K12s with the QSC K subs that go with it. So it kind of like uh, the Yorkville, yeah. right, right? They stack on top of each other. Mm -hmm. um, smallish footprint. Um, in my experience, they're easy to move around to. Um, nice and light, and really good sound for the size. Um, I mean, they're only 12s, but we're only in a bedroom, but. From the ones I have for years are how? Mine are, mine are K12s. Yeah, yep. and those and sound pretty nasty. You don't even have a sub, right? Nope. I have an 1,100 square foot garage and just those two tops. So for mm. all things considered, they do pretty damn pretty damn good. I can hear yeah. them from halfway down the street when I'm <laughs> walking from the bowling alley. <laughs> for, for reference, everybody, the street that David lives on, there's a there's a bowling alley at the end. It's like five or six houses down. Right. A bowling so alley. when he when he has parties, it's impossible to park. <laughs> Near his house, <laughs> so I just park at the bowling alley and walk yep. up. And when I get about halfway up the street, then all of a sudden I can hear. <laughs> that must be John Chapel turning volume up again. <laughs> that, that damn John Chapel. <laughs> so I just kept it really simple with the sound, and with the headphones, I went with uh, something I saw from a. DJ down in uh, San or sorry Austin, his name's Diggy Dutch. He uh, DJs for one of the companies I work with down there doing the CrossFit stuff with Trinity Competitions. So as far as the headphones went, I saw this from a DJ friend, uh, DJ Diggy Dutch out of Austin, Texas. Also works with Dub Academy. He uses um, in ear monitors. Okay. Uh, Shures. I'm not sure exactly what model, but I looked up a set and I looked looked at the Shure SE212s. Uh, I've read some mixed things about using in-ear monitors. Um, well, that sounds perfect for a bedroom setup. But for though. a bedroom setup, you know, why not? You know, try something a little bit different. In a worst case scenario, I already have a pair of over-the-ears that I can use somewhere. So can you explain the, the concept there with in-ear in monitors? I mean, it's just what they sound like. Yeah, but. It, um, so in-ear monitors versus over-the-ear. It's just like the earbuds that you just plug in your ear. Um, but these sets, I believe they have, they're dual driver. So you have... a one set of drivers that take care of the high end and then the other set would probably take, you know, medium and low. But they, if you, because I was kind of running out of money here, um, I had to go with this particular set, but they do make sets that have three drivers. So one set for your high, one set for your mid, one set for your low. Very cool. Um, so you kind of get that full range of sound in a very small footprint. So like earbuds that are real expensive. Really expensive. Yeah, really, yeah, really <laughs> balled out earbuds is essentially what they are. And they're actually kind of cool looking because they're clear. Mm. So you can see all the inner workings in there. And the cords are pretty long. And the actual cords do connect into the earbuds themselves. And you can disconnect them. Mm. So in the event you find yourself pulling too far away, 
you know, they'll probably they'll they'll break out of the actual headphones before something stupid happens. And conversely, if the cord gets jacked up, you can just buy a new cord. Yeah, right, right. Which is kind of nice. Um, for those that still aren't quite sure, so like a lot of musicians, you will see using in-ear monitors, basically the the earbuds. But those are like even higher end because a lot of those are custom molded. Mm-hmm. Um, with mine, I use like the the earphone. So you kind of press it like those uh, earplugs that they sometimes give you right. on the airplane. Mm. Right. You kind of squeeze them and they kind of shape to your ear. I really like those like when I'm when I'm working out or actually when I was out of the country, I wound up having to use some in-ears for a little bit you know, unintentionally. But it actually worked out kind of well. I just had to remember to disconnect myself because the cord was kind of short. Mm. Otherwise, you wind up just like, Ugh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I stopped calculating at six grand. So where oh. we added sound. After sound, um, sound was thirty-eight. Was thirty-eight okay? And then the in ears were a hundred. Hundred even. Yes. Okay. Give or take. Awesome. So the whole thing with this setup is it gives you the audio or regular DJ and the video functions. Um. Also, going with the controller, you kind of eliminate the possibility of some component conflicts since everything's built into one piece. I mean, it seems like most software companies and hardware companies have kind of got over that, but inevitably you'll run into some sort of software glitch every once in a while that you'll have to upload with a patch. But by staying with the same company, you know, you kind of minimize that. And yeah, I had to buy a laptop, but in this instance, you'll still have a bitchin' laptop to do whatever you need to do yeah. aside from DJ your music. Right. So what I come in, what? I got 9,900 on 9, my calculator. So just like last time, buying Red Bull and tacos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, what'd you come in at? 9,900 is what I got. Nice. Just 9,900, but a DJ setup is not one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And that is my controller setup. Oh. Cool. Boom. I dig it. Well, I suppose that's going to wrap up our balling on a not so much of a budget. <laughs> balling out of control. Balling out of control. <laughs> Guys, we thank you for tuning in and uh, shoot us a voicemail and tell us what your dream bedroom setup would be. That's what I would like to hear. Yeah, for sure. And uh, we've got some great episodes coming up for you guys. We've got a holiday episode coming up. We've got a New Year's episode coming up. We've got some great interviews coming down the pike. So stay tuned and we'll see you next time. See ya. Easy. Later. Thanks for listening to the Passionate DJ Podcast at www.passionatedj.com. Check out the fan page at facebook.com slash passionatedj or on Twitter at DJ with Passion. And always remember to keep on spinning. name's Diggy Dutch. He uh, DJs for one of the companies I work with down there doing the CrossFit stuff with Trinity Competitions. Damn it. Sorry. I had to sneeze. Okay. (laughs) I was right there. You guys are stressing me out, man. (laughs) (laughs) Like all these pauses, like I'm going to pee on myself here. Yeah, I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, oh, there it is. There it is. Uh." (laughs) No. Underperforming. (laughs) 